With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Ellie Nieves, and I'm a woman's leadership speaker and coach. Welcome to the Christian Career Women Podcast. If you're a Christian woman who wants to honor God, live with purpose, be known for excellence and integrity, and achieve work-life balance, then this podcast is for you. At Christian Career Women, our goal is to help you aspire, achieve, and thrive in your faith, life, and work. To learn more and to join our free online community, go to ChristianCareerWomen.com. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Ellie Nieves, and we are live with the Christian Career Women Bible Talk. And this is the final session of our Life Management for Busy Women Bible Study series. Today, we're going to be talking about managing your ministry, your time, and your life. And we've got a special guest, as we have in previous sessions, uh, my good friend, Jesenia Garcia Barca. She told me to say Garcia with a Spanish accent, so I'm doing that. <laughs> and um, Jesenia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Jesenia, and I am a, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I'm a social worker. Um, my husband and I are about to celebrate 25 years of marriage this coming May. We've got two. <laughs> it is a big deal. Um, we've got two amazing children, a 14-year-old daughter who's a freshman in high school and a 12-year-old son who is a seventh grade student in junior high right now. Um, as God would have it, I am actually employed at the junior high school that my son attends. Um, I'm a social worker there where I just get to um, serve God by serving kids every day. That is truly a blessing. Thank you for sharing that. So we are going to kick off our uh, Bible talk today talking about our ministry and uh, interesting because we don't all think that we have ministries, but the bottom line is that we do. Each of us has a ministry wherever we go, wherever we work, whoever we interact with, that is the sphere that God has given us to minister in. So as we think of our daily lives, Wherever God has placed us, that is the ministry that he's also given us. And he's also blessed us with gifts, talents, and abilities uh, to use creatively and in ways that can serve others. And he's given us spiritual gifts. So, Jasenia, have you ever heard of the term spiritual gifts? And do you know what your spiritual gifts are? I have, and I do know what my spiritual gifts are. Um, my church offers a program called Growth Track, and one of the things that we do within that program is to identify our spiritual gifts. And I think the things that have kind of stood out for me have been the gifts of um, the gift of mercy, the gift of discernment, uh, and the gift of service. Nice. Okay, can you tell me a little bit about the gift of mercy? Yeah, I think really when I, particularly in my field as a social worker, when I work with children, God has really just given me the ability to see the good in them. Um, I remember listening to a speaker once and he was talking about kids and he kind of used an analogy of um, 
fruit on, yogurt with fruit on the bottom. And he said that sometimes you've got to stir that fruit so that it comes out and it infiltrates everything around it. And I think when I look at the people that I serve and the people that I work with, God has just given me a heart of compassion for them and really helps me to see the good that is in them and to be an instrument that he uses to stir that good. That's nice. That's great. And tell me about your other spiritual gifts. You mentioned discernment was another. Yeah, again, I think that God, when I'm working with people, whether it's in the field of social work or whether it's in church, God is just really able to help me to see what's going on with them, what they need and how to best serve them. Very cool. Very cool. So let's see what the Bible has to say about spiritual gifts. If I could uh, move my slides here. So Romans 12 verses six through eight says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So spiritual gifts is definitely something that is talked about in the Bible. Um, in addition to um, Romans uh, 12, 6 through 8, we see in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, that the Bible says, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. So again, another acknowledgement that each of us is given a gift and that God does expect us to use these gifts to the best of our abilities. And the reason why he gives us different gifts is because he wants us to use these gifts to glorify him and to continue to build his kingdom. And we see that as these gifts come together, they really do support the church and they support external ministries. And then they, they support us as we go into the world to do what it is that he's given us to do. So, Jasenia, any, any thoughts on how you've used your spiritual gifts? Um, you know, a lot of times when we think about spiritual gifts and we think about ministry, we do think about God using those gifts within the church. So we think about whether, you know, we serve God on the worship team or we serve on the children's ministry or whatever capacity God uses us in the church. But the area in which I've seen God use my spiritual gifts the most has always been in, in my role as a social worker. Um, to me, being a social worker, it's not just a job. It's not just that thing that pays, you know, the bills and pays the mortgage. It's, it's where God uses me to minister to people the most. And I believe that the kids that come across my path day in and day out are not there by chance. I believe they're strategically placed there by God because he's given me something that I can impart to him. Um, so for me, God uses the spiritual gifts that he's put in me the most Monday through Friday when I'm at work. Mm, I love that. And interestingly, so one of my spiritual gifts is the gift of administration. And I see that all over my life. So the gift of administration is basically the gift of being organized, of organizing things, of putting things together. 
And I've seen that both um, in church when I've volunteered to uh, do things, but it definitely comes through at work. It comes through at home. It comes through in my daily life and just how I live on a day-to-day basis. And um, it's something that comes very natural to me. And I'm sure that, you know, as you mentioned that at work, you know, your gifts also seem to just uh, come naturally uh, as you engage in your day-to-day. So Elizabeth George um, talks about her commitment when she became a new Christian. And, um, and, and she, the, the reason she's mentioning this commitment that she made is because she believes that you have to put certain things in priority order in your life uh, before you can administer your gifts in the world. So she said that her commitment as a new Christian, uh, number one was to take care of her ministry to her family. Number two was to grow in her knowledge of the Bible. Number three was to develop her spiritual gifts. And number four, to be willing to serve others whenever God determined that she was ready. Do you have any thoughts on, um, on Elizabeth's commitment as a new Christian, Jesenia? Yeah, first of all, I love that she put take care of my ministry to my family as number one. Um, Because a lot of times, again, when we think of ministry, we think of how God is going to use us in the church, in our job, or in the community. But I think our first and foremost ministry is to our family. God has entrusted my husband and I with two children, and it is our job to train them up according to God's standards so that when they grow up, they will not depart. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that definitely always needs to be that number one priority is ministering to the needs of your family. And ministering to the needs of your family is also just the day-to-day mundane tasks, the doing the laundry, the helping with homework, the preparing dinner. Um, And I think as we establish our priorities, we definitely need to establish ministering to our family first and foremost. Um, Number two, when she talks about growing in your knowledge of the Bible, again, that time with God needs to be priority. And it looks different for everybody. For me, it looks like getting up at five o'clock in the morning and having my coffee with Jesus. That's what I call, you know, my time with God. I make that cup of coffee. I open up the word. I have a time of prayer and a time in the word. And that's what keeps me focused and disciplined as I go throughout my day. Um, I love the last one that she shared, but she says we need to be willing to serve others whenever God determines that we're ready. And I'll be honest, I struggle with this one because sometimes I feel God calling me to do something and I'm like, you must be confused. That's something <laughs> you, need, you need to ask somebody else to do. You know? But um, God teaches us through, through a lot of people. And this year, he's teaching me first and foremost through my 14-year-old daughter. And the one thing that he is teaching me this year is that I need to say, yes, Lord, when he comes knocking. And that when he calls us, he will equip us. Amen, amen. So because you were mentioning your daughter and because you also said that taking care of your ministry to your family is first and foremost, can you tell us why your daughter these days is a celebrity? <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's certainly not a celebrity, but she at the age of 14 is answering the call of God on her life. Amen. You know, I mentioned how we need to minister to our family first and foremost. And 14 years ago when my daughter was born, um, I took a step of faith and, and I left my profession for a period of time Um, because for our family, I felt like God wanted me to be home pouring into my children. And we've always prioritized our relationship with the Lord and emphasized that relationship to our kids. And, you know, this year when my daughter started high school, she felt in her heart that God wanted her to start a Christian club. So she began to pursue that. And she did face a significant amount of opposition from the administration in her school to the degree that we did have to get uh, legal counsel involved. 
And um, fortunately, you know, God came through for her. He showed up for her and her club is up and running today. Amen. And, and what happened as a result of the legal counsel? Uh, well, the legal counsel approached the school and they basically reminded the school that they were in violation of her religious freedom. And they demanded that the school take action to correct the, the mistakes that they made. And the school responded with swiftness. And um, they said, you know, you're right. She's able to have this according to the Equal Access Act. And they let her begin her club and it began uh, in January. That's wonderful. And as a result, you've gotten national press attention. Um, she, yeah, she has. She was on Fox News and, and she is, um, she, a video was released on YouTube today talking about her story. So there has been national attention. And, um, you know, she's been good about it. She really reminds herself that this is for God's glory and for the expansion of his kingdom. And, and she submits to him. Amen. And, you know, and, and it's just such a great example of, what Elizabeth is sharing here and what you're saying yourself, right? That if you take care of your ministry at home with your family, um, that there are going to be not only ripple effects in the world, but you're going to make waves, right? And here your daughter is making waves and God is blessing it. So if we start at home first, and this has been a thread, a constant thread, I think throughout this um, Bible talk series that Elizabeth just kind of weaves it in there in each chapter, how our home life, how, uh, our relationship with our husband, relationship with our kids really should be top of mind after our relationship with God. Right. And that what if we can handle our home base well, then everything else will naturally flow from that. And I, right. I want to encourage all, all of our single sisters as well, that just because you're not married doesn't mean that this is not equally as important. Uh, in one of the previous Bible talks, we, talk, we, we talked about uh, making uh, your home a little piece of heaven on earth. So uh, as a single sister, as you in, invite people into your home, that's still an opportunity for you to minister to others. Or if you're a single mom as well, obviously you understand that your priority is maintaining uh, a peaceful home environment for your children and always providing for them and teaching them the word of the Lord. So at the end of the day, uh, the continuous theme has been to look to God first and then look to our home life before we extend ourselves out into the world. Amen. Amen. So um, let's move on to the next slide. So as we continue to talk about our spiritual gifts, oh, and one more thing, Brittany just submitted a comment. I want to just make sure that I read Brittany's comment. It says, I have a spiritual gift that God gave me for my ministry which is to be the leader of my ministry. God bless you, Brittany. Uh, we pray that your ministry will be successful. It says that God has also used me to pray for women and uh, for protection and also giving you the words of encouragement for their lives. Amen. Thank you, Brittany. So Elizabeth shares this particular quote by Charles Swindle in the book. She says, success is when preparation meets opportunity. And I used this image here that depicts dreaming big, setting goals, and taking action because we often do have big dreams and we want to use our gifts in special ways. It could be anything. Maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to uh, start your own ministry like, like, like Brittany wants to do. And uh, maybe this, these things don't come to us very easily. I, I, I love hearing Joyce Meyer. She's one of my uh, favorite um, teachers, biblical Bible teachers. 
And I always love to hear the stories that she shares about how she began her ministry. And she started her ministry with a, a, a Bible study in her home, you know, with just a, a handful of people. And then eventually it grew when she went on radio and then she went to go work at a church leading a women's ministry. But she talks about those early days, how small it was and how, you know, she had to make sure that she had food and snacks for everybody, every, you know, every time they came to the house and how she kept um, just giving of herself and people weren't always appreciative, but she just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And as she kept at it, she was developing herself. She was being prepared for the larger ministry that she has now. And now that she has this worldwide ministry, she feels very grounded in God because she suffered through those early days. And when I say suffer, it's because when you do extend yourself, uh, just like Jesus did in the world, right? There was a level of suffering in order to fulfill his calling in the world. And Unfortunately, and fortunately, because I do believe that when you suffer, you also are building your character. Um, those are moments of very important preparation, because I think success for God is very different than how we def define success in the world. So as we uh, extend ourselves at church or extend ourselves to people in our lives and our day to day lives as we serve them, we are being prepared for that larger ministry. And hopefully, as we continue to extend ourselves, um, God will bless the gifts that he's given us, continue to nurture us, continue to build those gifts so that we can be better prepared for a larger ministry that he might have in store for us. So um, tell me, uh, Jasenia, how has uh, your preparation as a wife, as a mother, as a social worker prepared you for ministry opportunities that have presented themselves to you? So like I said, 14 years ago, I decided to, to step away from my career for a period of time to stay home and to take care of my kids. And that season in my life, um, it didn't feel like preparation, you know, with buried in diapers and buried in <laughs> laundry. It didn't really feel like I was quite being prepared for anything. But, you know, right now I happen to serve kids that are in the same age bracket as my kids. And, I, and being a mom, I've learned so much about what kids need um, from an emotional standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint. And, and I really believe that that season as a mother helped me to become a better professional, helped me to become a better social worker and better understand the population that I serve. Um, also, you know, I think during that, um, one of the things God called me to do is to uh, set up a mother's prayer group. And that's something that I started to do a few years ago. And God just put it in my heart that the battle for our children really needs to take place on our knees. And so I would get together with a small group of women and we would get together monthly and we would just begin praying for our kids. And at the time that, I, that we set up that prayer group that I felt God called me to do it, it was a time when my daughter was kind of questioning, how do we know that God is real? And how do we know that our God is the one true God? And I believe it's through those years of prayer and through those years of really, really battling spiritually for our kids that my daughter is where she is today and where she is having the impact that she's having today. And um, so I just feel that whether it's being at home as a mom, whether it's serving your husband, that it's all really part of that bigger picture that God has for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what you're saying now, even as you're describing, you know, the being buried in diapers and handling a lot of these tasks that we have to handle at home and with our families. It reminds me of uh, Joyce Meyer as she was, and she shares that she learned a lot of um, ministry lessons in the supermarket with things like, 
you know, just being kind to people in the supermarket or being, putting groceries back, you know, when she took them out of place, you know, just going back and putting them back where they belonged or putting the grocery cart back yeah. where it belonged as opposed to just leaving it hanging out in the, in the parking lot. And it's so funny because uh, it, it, it also reminds me of the scripture that says that he who is trusted with very little will be trusted with a lot. Right. Right. So if we can do these things that we consider, we consider menial tasks, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't think that they're grand enough. We don't think that they're big enough, but they are what God has given us at that time. And we go through phases in life, right? Whether it is that phase where you're having to spend all your time, you know, taking care of your child, feeding your baby, burping them, Mm -hmm. changing their diapers. They might seem like they're not meaningful in the world, but they are very meaningful Mm -hmm. because it's, the most important job in the world at that moment. Right. It's what God has given you to do. And it's laying the foundation for later on in life where look at your daughter, right? She's such a wonderful example, right? But where would she be if you hadn't changed her diaper and found the meaning and, you know, maybe taking time away from work to focus on raising your family. So success is when preparation meets opportunity, but we have to be prepared to submit to that preparation, whatever that is allow God to build our character as we're going through these times in our lives that might not seem uh, grand at the moment, but it's just laying that solid foundation so that as we move forward, when God does present the opportunity, um, that we are ready for it. But we have to handle those tasks at the time when they're presented to us with much care, and we need to treat them very as, as important as if it were something different that we imagine somewhere in the future. And it's not, it's not always going to be glamorous. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think that's, that's the secret, right? Um, when we talk about ministry, uh, it's, it's not always glamorous. It's not, you know, the, the work of the Lord is uh, getting our hands dirty. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, especially when we, we talk about um, even starting a ministry, uh, right? Like Brittany, you're eager to start a ministry. So I want to encourage you to not get discouraged uh, because, uh, we might see somebody like a Joyce Meyer who fills, you know, uh, large auditoriums, but a ministry uh, is more impactful when we touch those people one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. That's how it happens, right? And then when you do that faithfully, then you start seeing more and more people. God will add them. But at the end of the day, God is pleased, even if you just reach out to that one person. Uh, so don't ever get discouraged if you don't have like, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people showing up to your events. If you've yeah. got one or two people who are there and you've touched their lives and somehow you said something that has made a difference to them, that has drawn them closer to God, then there's your impact. That's your opportunity. And just to piggyback on that, I just really want to stress that when, if you're impacting two people and they're impacting two people, and then those two people are impacting two people, there's just an amazing ripple effect. And your reach goes so much farther than the, than the two people that you sat in front of. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And uh, I'm going to turn here to page 182 because um, I think that there's this uh, really funny uh, story that Elizabeth shares. And it's an illustration of a fictitious church dinner where an accident occurs. And she says that the cook drops dessert on the floor. And then there are several people in, at that dinner and they all have different reactions. So there's one person who's a server and the server says, here, let me clean it up. Hmm. 
The leader says, Jim, would you like to go get the mop? Sue, if you will help clean up, Mary and I will fix another dessert. The giver says, I'll go out and buy another dessert. <laughs> the merciful says, don't feel badly. It could have happened to anyone. The prophet says, that's what happens when you're not careful. <laughs> the teacher says, clearly the reason it fell is that it was unbalanced. The tray was too heavy on one side. And then the exhorter says, to avoid this in the future, you should use both hands. And then she asked the question, you know, if you, ask, if you look at what each of these individuals said, what would you say? Which one of these would be you? Uh, so it just gives you an idea of where you might fall in terms of your own spiritual gifts, right? Whether you're a server, a leader, someone who gives, if you, if you have the gift of mercy, if you're a prophet, a teacher, or someone who, uh, who exhorts, uh, which I think is great, uh, a great example for us to just kind of consider where we would fall uh, in terms of our spiritual gifts. So here are uh, a number of other scriptures that talk to us about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Ephesians 4, 7 says, Christ has generously divided out his gifts to us. And 1 Peter 4, 10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So as we think about the spiritual gifts that we have, we should think about using them to serve others. That is really the goal in us recognizing our spiritual gifts and using them as God intended. So, Jasenia, how have your spiritual gifts evolved over time? Um, I think one of the biggest ways that they've evolved is that I've always been happy being, being a servant. You know, I'm, I'm going to be that one that if there's a mess on the floor, I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to be that one that if you have a vision. I got a lot of messes at home. <laughs> <laughs> when you have time, girl, you're welcome to come up. <laughs> but I've always been the one that if someone has a vision, I'm ready to help them carry it, carry it out. But um, I think over the years, God has kind of begun to give me visions of my own, things that he, mm -hmm. wants to he wants me to develop, things that he wants me to lead. So when I think of how I've grown and changed, I think he's kind of, again, not that I'm no longer serving or being a servant, but I think that he is just kind of growing me up and moving me from service into leadership as well. And, and I'll be honest, you know, I, I take that move um, kicking and screaming oftentimes, you know, saying, no, I'm comfortable, I'm, I'm happy where I am. But I think, you know, as we talk further on in the book, God talks about stretching us and growing us. And I think uh, I've evolved because God is just trying to stretch me and move me to that next level. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned over time as well is that when you have a gift and God wants you to move in a certain direction, uh, you almost can't help but use it. Mm -hmm. It's like he's constantly calling you to just move forward and plow forward with whatever the gift is. Um, just like this, uh, this Christian career women. I can't help it. I've got to do this. You know, like I can't stop. <laughs> if that makes any sense. It just. No, it does, it does because I think he puts some. Um he puts a passion inside of us. Mm -hmm. He puts a passion inside of us for his purpose. Right. And I, 
you know, you, your passion for women is evident in the ministry that you put forward. And I think for me, my passion for kids is evident in the ministry that I put forward. And every single thing that I'm involved in is somehow tied back to kids. Right. You know, my mother's prayer group, it's about praying for our children. My job as a social worker, it's about serving kids. I spoke on a panelist for women. It was about empowering mothers. So somehow God has just put a passion inside of me for children and that kind of becomes evident in everything that he calls me to do. Amen. Amen. So another hint, if something you feel driven to do something uh, and you just can't help yourself, but to move forward with that thing. And that thing is just um, clawing at your heart. That's also another indication of a spiritual gift or an, even a calling that God might've placed in your life. So Brittany says, I switched to my iPad. My mom told me to put my clothes away. <laughs> <laughs> You should go do that, Brittany. But thank, but thank you for staying plugged into this Bible talk. <laughs> okay. So here's another scripture. First um, Peter 4, 11, it says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. So I think that this, scripture gives us encouragement to pursue our gifts with confidence. God is telling us, do it as if God himself were doing it through you. Whatever it is that God has given you to do, do it as if he, has, he is doing it through you. That should give us that spirit to go forward. It should give us the courage to move forward without hesitation. And I think a lot of the times we don't always know uh, whether it is that, that, whether it is God speaking through us or we feel something at our heart, but we don't feel the courage to go forward. But here God is giving you permission to do it. So if you feel a tugging in your heart and you've prayed about it, you've meditated about it, maybe you've even searched the scriptures about it. Uh, perhaps you've spoken to someone in your church or someone has affirmed that you have a specific gift and you want to move forward with it, but you feel shy about it. Let this scripture encourage you to move confidently and boldly towards what God has assigned for you. I think just to, to add on to, to that, it's important to remember that just because God has given you, given you a gift doesn't mean that carrying that gift out is going to be an easy process. Um, he calls you to do something, but he also wants you to take a step of faith and he wants you to have a dependency on him. And if we think we've got it all together and I've got this and I can handle this, then we're going to step out there thinking we don't need God and he's going to humble us very quickly. Because like Peter, Peter stepped out of the boat. He had his eyes on Jesus, but then he took a look to the right. He took a look to the left and it was over. And so I think God needs to keep our eyes locked on him. Mm -hmm. And he'll, you know, sometimes he'll call us to do something that, is not necessarily in our comfort zone because he wants us relying on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I keep going back to Joyce Meyer again. Uh, so she talks about something very similar to that when she first launched her ministry. And she, she talks about how um, she, in her early days, she used to watch all of these televangelists and she was like, well, why are they so successful? And why am I still here with my small Bible study? God, why aren't you blowing up my, 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 you know, my ministry? I, I can speak better than those people on TV can. <laughs> <laughs> and she admits that 
the reason God probably didn't bless her ministry at the time was because she was asking those kinds of questions, right? She had to learn, uh, like I was mentioning before, kind of the struggle, right? The suffering that comes with the struggle, the character building piece that comes with setting up a ministry. Because if God gives us too much success too soon, we don't have that foundation that we need to be able to carry through, right? So he needs to build our character so that we can be sustained and that we can be grounded if he does give us success. And that if we don't see that success immediately, that we continue to just plow forward and do the things that we have to do every day to just keep moving, taking one step forward, one step forward, one step forward until he blesses it. Um, so just, I, I love what you just shared, that, that it really does require work and that we can't just expect that, you know, God is kind of going to be our genie, right? Where we're going right. <laughs> to... It's going to make a wish and rub the lamp and he's just going to give us the desires of our hearts. He does promise us that, but he doesn't say he's going to give it to us immediately. Or um, in the way we imagined. Exactly. Exactly. And I always say this, right? I always pray, God, shut the door. It's my, one of my favorite pr- prayers. God, please shut the door if this is not for me. Because right. the last thing I want to do is walk in through the door that he didn't open for me. Amen. Okay. So, hold on here. Okay. So, recognizing your spiritual gifts. Here are some ways you can recognize your spiritual gifts. Uh, Your service will bring you joy. Your service will bear fruit. Your service will be affirmed by others. Your service will create opportunities for repeat service and your service will glorify God. Now, if you're a member of the Christian Career Women Group and you have access to our portal, I am going to be posting a link to a spiritual gifts assessment uh, so that you can take that assessment and hopefully uh, be able to identify what some of your spiritual gifts are. Uh, But if you're not a member and you don't wanna join the portal, uh, this is another way, uh, some some clues that will tell you uh, maybe what some of your gifts are. Do you have any comments about this, Jasenia? How did you feel when you took your test and you learned about your spiritual gifts? Um, it wasn't really surprising. There were things that I already knew. You know, I've been serving the Lord for a long time. And I think when I took the assessment, it sort of just validated what the Lord had already been speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. It was interesting for me because it was the same thing. I wasn't surprised because I'm like, I, I've seen these things in my life and, and how I do my work and how I interact with other people. And it was affirming one to see that there was um, language for it. Right. Cause I, I would just say I'm a great organizer. Right. I've always had strong organizing ability, but the gift is a gift of administration mm-hmm. or, you know, what I do when I, when I do, when I, my, the women's leadership development seminars and webinars that I do, it's a gift of teaching. I have that gift as well. Uh, you know, I would have never labeled it as that. And, and frankly, um, in the Christian realm, I really don't want that gift because it comes with a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure I want, so <laughs> but it's, but it's one of those things that kind of popped up in my assessment as well. Uh, but either way, I guess what I'm just trying to say is that 
Um, it's good to know what your spiritual gifts are. You might already know what they are, but you might not know that there's a specific term for your spiritual gift. And you might not know that there are also specific uh, using uh, a specific uh, calling or a use for your gift in the ministry world or in church. So again, if you are a member of our uh, Christian Career Women group, I will be posting uh, a spiritual gifts assessment in our online portal. If you would like to join, it's completely free. You can go to ChristianCareerWomen.com and you can have access to our membership portal. So I'm going to start wrapping up our discussion on spiritual gifts. And on page 180, Elizabeth says, you will spend your whole life discovering, developing, and ministering your spiritual gifts. But don't wait on this process. Go to work on three of the spiritual gifts, serving, giving, and showing mercy. These are also commanded of us. So interesting because they are identified as spiritual gifts, but these are also items where God commands us to engage. He wants us to give to others. He wants us to serve others, and he wants us to show mercy to others. So these are areas that we could be developing in our characters. I like how she says not to wait on the process also, mm -hmm. because a lot of times we're just kind of sitting around waiting for God to call us to do something majestic. And he might be calling us to clean the toilet in the church. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is majestic. <laughs> but you're completely right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Galatians 6.10 says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So good to everyone, people in our church, uh, Christians and non-Christians alike, we're supposed to serve, but we should particularly serve people within the church community, people that are part of our church family. Any thoughts on that, Jasenia? I just think that's, that's just spot on. I think we need to constantly be looking for ways that we can be a blessing in big ways and in small ways to the people that are around us. And sometimes someone's in need and they're not necessarily going to be expressing that need. So we just need to be looking for opportunities to serve. Amen. And serving can be something as um, simple as sending someone a text of encouragement. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we think serving is something grand, right? We have to go clean somebody's house or we have to cook right. a meal and go deliver it or we have to go help somebody in hospice or at the hospital or an elderly person. Yes, those are all wonderful ways to serve, but sometimes serving is just encouraging someone when they're in need. And I'll take this opportunity to shout you out now, Jasenia, because um, you know, last year I was uh, battling breast cancer and I would get the most encouraging, um, you know, uh, I'm gonna get emotional, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I would get the most encouraging text from you sometimes. And um, ah, I wasn't planning on this. And uh, it just really meant a lot. So thank you. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. This was not part of the program. Let's move on. This wasn't on the script. <laughs> okay. So managing your ministry. Um, one of the things that Elizabeth encourages us to do is to identify five areas of ministry to focus on. And it's so funny because in the book, she actually says to get five fat files. <laughs> 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 
And the way she describes it is get one of those accordion folders and then uh, put some put five folders in there. And then whenever uh, you get information on these five areas of ministry that you're interested in, just stick all the information in the in the corresponding files. And she says, expect those files to get fat. Um, so I've put it here on the slide as identify five areas of ministry to focus on. Uh, these days we have electronic gadgets, so we don't necessarily need um, a uh, fat file. I tend to use, you know, Dropbox or a Google Doc <laughs> to store a lot of information uh, that I find useful and that I want to refer back to. But she is saying that you should become an expert in five different areas uh, that are of interest to you and to find a way to file or store or somehow put this information away so that you can go back and refer to it on a regular basis. She also talks about developing your spiritual gifts on a regular basis, which is you actively engaging in activities that will allow you to use your spiritual gifts. She says to pray for ministry opportunities to come your way. It says, allow yourself to be stretched, support others in ministry, pray for your pastors and leaders, and don't neglect your family ministry. There goes that theme again. And lastly, decide that ministry is for life. It's not something that you just do for a certain period of time, but something that you will do for life. And by the way, it doesn't mean that you will do the same ministry for life, but that ministry is for life. So do, do any of these areas of managing your ministry resonate with you, Jesenia? Um, the one that resonates with me the most for sure is allowing yourself to be stretched. You know, I, again, that's just something I believe that God's been trying to do in my life. Um, I think we tend to get comfortable. We want mm -hmm. God to use us in the areas that are easy for us and the areas that are comfortable for us instead of in the areas that he wants to, he wants to use us in. Um, for me, for example, you know, I do suffer from social anxiety. So if somebody asks me to speak, whether it's online, whether it's in a small group, whether it's in front of the church, um, my inclination is always to say no, because I would frankly rather do anything else in the world. But I think, you know, when God calls us to do something again, like I said earlier, he's going to equip us. So we need to take that step of faith. We need to allow him to stretch us and we need to allow him to move us up to the next level. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So here's a prayer for living out God's plan. And wait, I want to just take a quick look at something. Okay. So here's a prayer for living out God's plan. And I've, uh, I'm including this in the notes that I will be posting in the portal. Again, if, if you're a member, I'll be posting this in the portal so you can access the notes there. But uh, these prayers are prayers that are going to help you live out God's plan for your life and hopefully put your spiritual gifts into action. One of the prayers is to pray over your priorities, plan through your priorities, prepare a schedule based on your priorities, proceed to implement your priorities, purpose to check your progress and prepare for tomorrow. And then also pray, uh, praise God at the end of the day. So now we're talking about managing our time for God's glory. What, which of these um, areas or prayers resonate most with you, Jesenia? 
Um, probably the first and the last. I think pray over your priorities. Um, I really, I want to be in the center of God's will because there's no better place to be. And I can come up with tons of schedules and tons of agendas and I can have tons of plans, but if I'm outside of God's will, it won't be blessed. So I think, you know, no matter what we're doing, we really need to start with that prayer. God, is this your will for me? And is this your will for me at that, at this time? Um, and I think that the next one that resonates with me is praising God at, at the end of the day. I think we need to just have that grateful heart, thanking God for what he has done um, and not just asking him for that next thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I like praying over my priorities as well and always making sure that I'm constantly prioritizing, mm -hmm. uh, especially because we are busy women when you're balancing work, family, uh, you know, church life. Uh, and anything that comes with that, you always have to constantly reorganize your priorities. And it might be that today one thing is important, then tomorrow a different thing is important. Yesterday, right. the priority was uh, making sure that my mother was going to her doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. Today, the priority was making sure that I got caught up in work because I was focused on my mother. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, right you know, tomorrow it's going to be catching up on work and then also, you know, preparing my taxes in the evening, you know, so <laughs> there are different things, you know, that you just kind of reorganize your priorities on a constant basis and then making sure that you're praying through them and that God is helping you to focus on what you need to focus on when you need to focus on it and preparing for tomorrow. Uh, that's always uh, something that resonates with me too, partly because I'm always thinking about the future I often need to stop and remember that I need to be in the present. Right. Uh, but as I do think about tomorrow, I also try to work and make sure that I'm prepared for tomorrow and I need to put tomorrow in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's, let's dive deeper into managing your time and your life. So here we have a scripture, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, that says, be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that the Lord's, what the Lord's will is. What do you think of the scripture, Desenia? Um, I just love the emphasis on making the most of every opportunity. Um, I do think that we need to be, we need to be careful with our time. We need to be careful with our priorities. We need to be careful with, with, what we allow ourselves to do um, day to day. But I like making the most of every opportunity because you ne when God calls you to do something, you never know when that thing, be it a small gesture, like you said, be it a text to someone, be it a smile to someone in the hallway, be it a conversation, you never know when that thing is going to make all the difference for a person. Mm -hmm. um, I remember there was a season in my life when I was struggling significantly. I had just had a, a miscarriage. And I remember going to the grocery store mm -hmm. to buy some kind of baked good and I got to the bakery section, I walked in there and I was ready to reach for my item. And there was another woman coming at the same time. And I was at such a vulnerable place that time that had she cut in front of me, I probably would have completely collapsed right there in the grocery store. And she just took a, she just took a step back and she let me go first. And I don't know her name or who she was, but that one thing that she did in that one moment made all of the difference. So I think wherever we are and whatever we're doing, we need to be making the most of every opportunity that God puts in front of us. Amen. That's such a great example. It's awesome. So when it comes to managing our time, Elizabeth points out 
two areas. She talks about redeeming your time and she talks about guarding your time. Can you tell me what some of your best practices are when it comes to managing your time? Um, I, <laughs> there's a couple of things that I put into place to manage my time. One thing is that there's always one day of the week where I don't schedule anything. And what I mean is this, I work Monday through Friday. Um, after work, I'm taking care of the, the kids, you know, whether it's the cleaning and helping with homework and making dinner. Um, on the weekends, we often have plans. But what I do is if we have scheduled activities on Saturday, I don't schedule activities on Sunday outside of going to church. If we have scheduled activities on Sunday, I don't schedule activities on Saturday because I feel like there needs to be a time where we as a family can just come together and just relax and kind of rest. We have full schedules all week long and we can't just go all week long and all weekend long be before we start breaking down emotionally. Um, and so I think the main thing that I do is making sure that there's one day of the week that's not jam packed with activity. Um, and another thing that I do is, is a little exercise that I call slashing the calendar. So if I find that I am beginning to feel overwhelmed or if I see that my children are beginning to, to feel overwhelmed, I open up my calendar for the month and I look through it and I start slashing activities. What are we going to cut out that's going to open time to kind of rest and get refreshed so that we can restart? That's great. I have a similar uh, process when it comes to having, I call it the Sabbath rest day, right? We need a Sabbath rest or uh, I call it the pajama day where mm -hmm. I just want to be home and I want to go nowhere. I want to do nothing and leave me alone. <laughs> Amen. Me too. <laughs> and that's, and that's, and my husband and I, we already, we always said that in the beginning of the week, this day is pajama day. So it's typically Sunday, right? We'll go to church and then we'll come home, put on our pajamas and that's it. Um, last Sunday, actually, we had a busy, we had a busy weekend. We had a gathering in our home on Saturday and then Sunday after church, we had, um, actually we didn't go to church this Sunday cause our garage door wouldn't open. <laughs> yeah. We had to have somebody come out and check the garage door. That was Satan. I know it was Satan. <laughs> and, uh, then after, after the garage door got fixed, we ended up going to, um, a couple's home for dinner, a church, a, a, a couple from our church, which was a lovely dinner. But basically we didn't have that usual rest period that we have on a weekend. It was kind of a busy weekend. So uh, we're already planning that this weekend, we're going to make sure that Saturday we're just maybe going to go to the movies or something and then make sure that Sunday, you know, after church, we're back on lockdown. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you talked about slashing through the calendar, I have this uh, practice where I try to plan two weeks at a time. Uh, so what I do is I um, usually print the uh, agenda style calendar from Outlook two weeks in advance. And then I go through the whole week and then I start seeing if I have things due. I start carving out time in advance to make sure that I can get those things done so that they're done on time. Uh, I make sure that I prepare if I have to pack because I travel a lot for work. You know, I, I, I schedule time so that I can pack. I schedule time when, you know, I need to go check in with my mom. I'll schedule time when we need to check in with, you know, uh, now, now we're trying to schedule in time for the granddaughter. So we're trying to be more purposeful about that. Uh, so I try to do things in two week chunks and then I start eliminating things. I start doing, uh, what I call chunking. So if I have to run errands, I make sure I try to run them all in one day right. as opposed to, you know, doing them sporadically because that travel time is a waste of time. So if I'm going to be out, I try to do everything that I have to do outdoors in one day. 
right. <laughs> everything I have to do indoors, I do it all in one day. Yeah. Uh, but it really, it really does require a significant amount of planning time in order to be able to redeem your time and make sure that you're also guarding your time. Right. So any time that you take to stop and plan is very useful time. And it's actually time that can save you time uh, in the long run. Right. So here we are. We're going to wrap up our uh, Bible talk. But before we do that, we're going to talk about guarding your time. Is there anything on this list? Uh, just any of that robs you of your time? Um. Well, I'm pretty good at managing my time. I'm not perfect at it, but I am pretty good on, on, in terms of staying on top of things. But I think one thing that can steal my time is if I let my priorities get out of whack. Um, if I start giving too much time or too much focus to something that is really not important. And I think that's the biggest thing that ends up, uh, the biggest time waster that we mm -hmm. can come across. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I noticed that Priorities can get out of whack when I start a new project that requires a lot of time. So even this project, I consider this a project, it's really a minute, my, my heart's passion, right? The Christian career women or what I do at Leadership Strategies for Women. Uh, now at Leadership Strategies for Women, I've got everything kind of set that it's kind of baked into its own process. But this whole initiative is a different initiative and it's taken a lot of time. Uh, and it consumes a lot of time just to kind of th get things in order and trying new systems and things of that sort. So I'm still working this, 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 this ministry, this project into my life somehow. And in working it into my life, it's very easy to get my priorities out of whack. Uh, and I know that my priorities are out of whack because my husband says, hey, <laughs> what's going on? And he says, I know what you're doing. I want to be supportive, but I feel a little neglected. So then I know I have to rework the priorities and I know I need to refocus uh, and thank God that we have uh, individuals like that, right? Like your husband, your kids or whoever it might be that might be tapping you on the shoulder and say, Hey, you know, maybe you need to kind of refocus and, you know, right. rethink how you're doing things. So I'm at that place now where uh, I've decided that I'm going to get a virtual assistant to help me because I want to get my priorities back in order so that I can, you know, focus on God, focus on family, and then, you know, everything else after that. Uh, but definitely that's one area that I think uh, I need help with and that I'm, you know, pray for me, guys, uh, because <laughs> it's definitely an area that I, I, I can uh, use some help with right now. Um, the other thing that I think that um, sometimes uh, affects my calendar is people not on the plan for the day. Uh, and we need to be open uh, to uh, God's leading because we get up in the morning, we may pray, we may plan, we may say, God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my day. Uh, just keep me open and flexible because I might have a plan for the day, but you might have another plan for me. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we just keep our eyes and our minds open to whatever that might be and be prepared uh, for the direction that God is leading us in. Amen. We do want to plan and we do want to prepare, but we don't want to be so rigid and fixed that we're not sensitive to the spirit. Right. Right. So the last question I'm going to ask you, Jasenia, is how do you guard your time? Um, I think there's a couple of things that I just constantly practice. Um, one of them is I, I start my day with quiet time and that 
first and foremost, that's about spending time with God, but it's also literally about me having quiet time. <laughs> so I get up, my husband tends to leave uh, early for work and I get up about an hour before the kids get up and I just take some time while the house is quiet and while the house is dark to just sit in God's presence. And there's something about the quiet house and there's something about being in God's presence that just gives me peace and it helps me to stay focused and it helps me to keep things in order. Um, and, I, and another thing that I do is I've learned the value of saying no. People, there are going to const be constant demands on your time and constant demands um, for you to do different things. And I think sometimes you just need to look at someone and you need to be able to say no, to say it firmly, to say out of love, but to say no. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've, I've discovered the power of no as well. And it really is something that uh, helps you do exactly what Elizabeth was mentioning before, which is redeem your time. But also, you know, guarding uh, the precious moments that you want to focus on, whether it's with your family or whether it's just that rest time. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is when people know that you do something well, they tend to reach out to you to continue to do things and maybe even expand some of the things that uh, they would like you to do for them. And I've learned that I, I can't always make myself available to everyone. Right. Uh, especially if I'm going to keep my, my sanity <laughs> and keep my family as a priority and stay focused on mm -hmm. the things that I also want to get accomplished or the things that God has called me to do. Uh, so definitely uh, guarding our time is important. And sometimes we have to pray to God to help us stay focused on what it is that he wants us to do and to help us to guard our time. Mm -hmm. So do you have any, um, any closing remarks or thoughts that you want to share with our sisters? Um, just start your day with Jesus. That's, that's, that's what I would say. I think it makes all the difference in no matter what it is that we're doing, whether we're managing our relationships, whether we're managing our physical life, whether we're managing our time. I think really keeping God at the forefront and keeping him at the center of every aspect of your life is going to help you to keep everything else in order. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much, Sesenia. You've shared a lot of wisdom today. I know that our sisters uh, have really appreciated what you've had to share. And thank you also just for being courageous. I know that you uh, said earlier that uh, this is uh, not an area of comfort for you, but I must tell you that you come across very naturally and that this should not be the last time that you do this. <laughs> I'll take that as a hint. <laughs> And I'll guard my time. <laughs> yes, yes. Guard your time. So thank you, sisters, for tuning in. Uh, thank you so much for participating in our Bible study series. Uh, this has definitely been uh, fun. And I look forward to probably in another month or so to kick off another Bible study series. Uh, but in the meantime, we invite you again to uh, engage with us in our membership portal or to even uh, find us on Facebook and engage with us there, Christian Career Women on Facebook or at the ChristianCareerWomen.com website so that you can log into our portal. Thank you so much. And until next time, God bless.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.